are back here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. I am Max. I hope you enjoyed your first day without World Cup games. I know it was difficult. We all need a break, but you were so conditioned to watch, and, and, and I think a lot of people are watching re-airs of stuff they may have missed. Saw a little bit of Brazil, Korea. Saw a little bit of Portugal, Switzerland again, just to keep connected. Uh, we're gonna go through it again on Thursday, and then we have just uh, an unbelievable couple of days on Friday and Saturday. And what we're gonna talk about today, we might be in line for the greatest game in World Cup history. I will explain. Before we get to that, a reminder, the Soccer OG World Cup Daily is available in podcast form where all podcasts are available. You can check us out here on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Ooh, you can check us out on all our social media handles. We remain very active. Drop us a question here, there, anywhere. We'll be happy to uh, interact with you guys as we get back in it. Plenty of US news. We'll have a Greg Berhalter update here shortly. Please like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And uh, yeah, hit that thumbs up icon. We certainly do appreciate. Soccer OG World Cup Daily is brought to you by the fine folks at Farmer John. Had another Farmer John breakfast to start the day here. Felt good, slept in a little bit, and then uh, made a few phone calls that I've been putting off. Went to the bank. Got it all done. We also have a very special guest coming up. Ed Quinn, who plays the president in the BET show, the Oval, he is a big sports fan, big soccer fan. We'll talk about the viewing experience. Really interesting guy, way more interesting than me and probably all of you. So uh, we will talk to him here shortly and get his thoughts about enjoying this World Cup. But as I said prior, are we in line for the greatest game in World Cup history? The answer is yes. If Argentina beat the Netherlands, and let's quickly show you the bracket, Let's show you how it looks. If Argentina beat the Netherlands on Friday and then Brazil beat Croatia, I think most people, uh, Brazil's a big favorite. Brazil's getting through there. Argentina, not as clear cut. It's kind of a coin flip right now, depending on who you talk. If Argentina beats the Netherlands and Brazil beats Croatia, we will have a semifinal between Argentina and Brazil. We will have a semifinal, knock on wood, and nothing's guaranteed. Neymar's been injured. Ronaldo's been benched. We will have a semifinal between Lionel Messi and Neymar. Two of the biggest stars on the planet. Two of the biggest stars on their own team. Uh, you look at it, and we're going to go through everything about this rivalry. And I hope I don't jinx it. I probably have. But the trick here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily, in addition to informing you, is we, we want to talk about the big topics first, and that is something certainly we will do here today. So why do I say it? And why do I say it with conviction? I'm not throwing in a word, is it arguably? It will be the biggest game in World Cup history. When you look at why, Argentina and Brazil, the viewed as the biggest rivalry, uh, the only reason it's probably not the biggest rivalry in the world, in my opinion, is they don't play frequently enough. We see Mexico and USA kind of, I think, past it because they play so often and there's so much attached, the dual nationals, etc. Argentina-Brazil should be the biggest rivalry, but they just don't play. Case in point, we only saw it once in World Cup qualifying. One of their games got canceled and it never got rescheduled. So uh, 
you know, they had 18 games. Everyone played 18 games in Conmebol World Cup qualifying, but Argentina and Brazil only played 17. Uh, that was back in uh, November. Uh, you also had uh, the Copa America final. Huge, huge, but not a pretty game. And empty Maracanã. So it's one thing to be in an empty stadium, but the Maracanã empty is just weird. Sounds so hollow. Uh, you can hear everything. So it wasn't a pleasant viewing experience. It was not a pleasant viewing experience. I'm not saying it wasn't a famous game. It certainly was. You, uh, it is ranked number one international rivalry. It's got the highest football rating. You think of the greatest names and the greatest names of play. The two biggest names, Pele. And again, wishing him all, sending all the good energy to Pele. And hopefully he uh, can uh, come back out and support Brazil. Maradona. So from Pele to Maradona to Neymar and Messi. And everyone in between. Garincha, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Alfredo Di Stefano. So many great playmakers. Burrito Ortega, Pablo Aymar, Diego Simeone in the back of the midfield, Gabriel Batistuta. A long list of iconic players. Uh, there isn't a matchup in Europe that quite connects those two because of that. I guess you could say Germany, Netherlands, or England, France. We're going to get England, France. We have some great matchups here coming up. We don't really see that all that often. Germany, England. Um, so... This is, if we see it, going to be bigger. Now, let's talk about the history in the World Cup. It never happens. The last time it happened, 30 years ago. We'll go in chronological order first. So the first meeting was in 19, was it 1974. Brazil won in the groups. Remember, that was a much smaller World Cup. Uh, less countries, so Brazil and Argentina were put in the groups. 1978, scoreless game in the groups again. So that's the second. 1982, group stages, Brazil wins. And the most famous one in 1990 in the round of 16. So four meetings, Argentina's 1-1, one, one, one draw, Brazil two wins. But the biggest win was Argentina in 1990. So if you look back at that World Cup, the opening game, Argentina, the reigning champs from 86, played Cameroon. Cameroon beat Argentina and as a result won the group. Argentina finished second. So the big loser in Argentina finishing second was this incredible Brazil team who now had to play them in the round of 16. Again, wasn't this an uh, incredible game? And look, I'm saying it's going to be a huge game. What we see if they play in a semifinal may not be breathtaking soccer. Remember the Copa America known by Messi and company being uh, very negative to get the result, which they should be applauded for. They said, we're not going to run with Brazil. We'll spoil the game a bit and we'll win. That's exactly what happened. Lionel Messi gets his first trophy. Back to 1992. Um, there was a, a big uh, scandal there. The holy water scandal where Branco... Uh, apparently said he got a tranquilizer and wasn't able to play. Who knows? Who knows? That was the Wild West back then. <laughs> Maybe it happened. I don't know. I would imagine if it happened, it would have happened to more than just one players and maybe not just Branco. So uh, in that game, Diego Maradona, beautiful pass to Claudio Canigia and his hair he hadn't cleaned in about six weeks. Just kidding. I love Claudio Canigia. 1-0 
Argentina move on. They get all the way to the finals. They lose to West Germany in the final. But that was the best second place team ever. Just bad luck for Brazil. They must have been so upset. They go, a round of 16 game is against Argentina? You want your round of 16 game against Cameroon or Korea or Japan or the United States? And Brazil got that. Incredible uh, development with regards to uh, that history. And we've waited for another matchup of that magnitude. That was in 1990. And that was a round of 16. This would be a semifinal. So let us compare it to the big games in World Cup history. And there have been several. You've got to look at the finals. The one game that wasn't a final in World Cup history that certainly ranks at that level was Argentina-England in 1986. Mano de Dios, hand of God. Argentina winning 2-1. And then the hand of God and then the greatest goal ever scored by Maradona. Uh, that was a quarterfinal. Forgive me if I've said that before. I guess you could say the 94 final, Brazil-Italy, that's huge. Although it wasn't nice on the eyes and Italy kind of backdoored into that final. Uh, the, that was a superb Brazil team. 2002 Brazil-Germany, that was, a, again, a German team that kind of just snuck into that final and they were a little bit old in the tooth and Brazil were the draw there. 2014 Germany-Argentina, eh. 2006 Italy-France, the headbutt for Zidane, I'd put that up there. That was really special. And then, of course, 1966 England-West Germany. The only one I can think of because of the two teams, because of the lack of times they play, because of Messi and Neymar and all the others that follow suit, is that 86 game between Argentina and England. So I don't know what to tell you other than prepare yourself if Argentina and Brazil win that you will get the biggest game of all time. There are, listen, they haven't played that much. There are, I think, 109 meetings. And 57 of those have been smaller tournaments, made-up tournaments, special one-off games. 52 official matches. 34 of them in the Copa America. 10 teams in the Copa America. So Argentina and Brazil are going to play a lot. But they haven't played a lot in the World Cup. Here we go. USA and Mexico played each other 74 times. So it hasn't been a matchup we see. So we can anticipate it and bring it on if it happens. It's a really good shot of it happening and we're talking about it first here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. You can take that to the bank. We're looking ahead at some special moments here in the World Cup. The personalities. So, oh, by the way, I, should, I forgot to mention Uruguay-Brazil in the 1950 World Cup. That holds up. But again, a lot of people can't tell you they saw it. Sorry. But a historic result for Uruguay, which goes more on... Uh, uh, mythology because people say that we're there. You know, 10 million people said they were there at that stadium. Was the Maracana as well? Uh, not really. So uh, the personalities. And Messi and Neymar might be playing. I think Messi definitely playing his last World Cup. I would think Neymar's playing in his last World Cup. When Messi won the Copa, Neymar, who was so comfortable in his skin, celebrated with Messi. It was something that f freaked out the Brazilian public because they're supposed to be mortal enemies. To me, the ties that bind because they're teammates uh, and have been teammates for so long for two different clubs makes this even stronger of a matchup because of that affection they have for each other and because how every one of those teammates fall in line behind their leaders, Lionel Messi and Neymar. This is going to be Titanic. I can't wait for it. I Hopefully we get it. And uh, 
We'll see. But I'll argue anybody that if we get that game, that it is not the biggest game in the history of this tournament. Before we get to our guest, Ed Quinn, uh, update about Greg Berhalter, Jeff Carlisle reporting. Berhalter is set to begin discussion for a new deal with USSF, still very early in the process. Doesn't mean he's getting the job. They're discussing it. It's been now made pretty clear that Greg Verhalter wants to pursue a job in Europe. I told you a couple days ago, he is a, a big, uh, it's a possibility because teams want a, a guy who can get the most out of a young team, which he proved. Plus, everyone saw what Berhalter did. And even though we can agree to disagree on the success story, I, would, I wouldn't say this was a success. Uh, I think Berhalter's uh, time is a success when you look at everything, but uh, he met expectations. They were supposed to make the round of 16. He didn't exceed expectations in Qatar. So um, he is gonna pursue some European opportunities. I guarantee there'll be an offer. It may not be a huge one. It might be in a smaller league. It probably will be in a smaller league, but he's gonna vet those very uh, clearly. He was 37, 11, and 12 uh, with the national team. He was with the Columbus crew a season or two. And then he was with, uh, he was, I'm sorry, he was with Columbus Group for four seasons. And then he was at Hammerby in Sweden, where he was also a player. He played all over Europe at a higher level. I mean, this was a, a pretty elite defender, Greg Berhalter, in his playing days, including uh, with Crystal Palace, I think, most famously. Uh, he's um, hired December of 2018, so he ran that cycle. And now we, we see if he continues. I will say this. I'm seeing some tweets and social media out there about expectations on who's coming in. You know, I mentioned Carlo Ancelotti, that ain't happening. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, that's not happening. They're gonna want too much power and US soccer's not gonna give it. And do you want them to give them this much power? You, uh, uh, Hervé Renard, who did great with the Saudis. I mean, but that's a guy who's gonna come in and look at Tata Martino as well. I mean, careful what you ask for because you might not get uh, as good of a coach who created such a, a positive energy amongst these young players. They generally loved him across the board for the players that were there. Many of these guys may go to the old guard. They'll pick the guys they think will fit well and listen to them, and they may not bring up these young players much the way Greg Berhalter did. Tata Martino did not. Hervé Renard, he took what he could get at the Saudi. I, I, he's not a candidate. And with regards to a certain style, people say, we, want, we need a French coach. We need an Italian coach. Yet, we're not dealing in absolutes here. We can't. There has to be some nuance and American coaches in that case move to the front of the list. But will you get a better one than Burhalter? I'm good. I'm all right with a cycle here for a coach, but proceed with caution. Uh, do we want Tata Martino? I wanted him in 2018. I've had some second guesses based on what I've seen happen in Mexico. I want a coach who lets these young players express themselves. Not every coach does. Very few, in fact, do. Greg did. Maybe not through the whole spell, but when the World Cup came, the young players were allowed to express themselves. So we wait and see to see if, in fact, Berhalter does another cycle, and I suggest don't drive yourself crazy. If it happens, find other ways to uh, exude your displeasure. <laughs> but that's out there. Doesn't mean he's gonna get the job. Doesn't mean he's gonna get the job but we shall see. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily, we're looking forward, we're looking back. We might have that great game on our hands. Coming up next, the star of The Oval on BET, Ed Quinn talks about watching the World Cup here in the United States.
We are back here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Very special guest. You may know him playing the president in the Oval on BET. Coming very soon, a Shadow Force, a Lionsgate release, which will be in 2023 in the movies. We encourage everyone to go out to the theaters because the theaters are very good. And also with a new album coming out. Hey, Ed, you're making us all look bad, dude. I'm doing a little podcast here and you're making albums and movies and TV shows. Why don't you just chill out for a second? Uh, hey, man, you, Max, you know me a long time. I've been hustling. Every time that phone rings, it's like, yes. <laughs> I'm the same I, way. I it's like, yeah, I'll I do it. No. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm accepting movies without reading scripts. I'm, I'm like accepting music videos, never even heard of the director, anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, look, it's, it's a blessing to work. And like, you know. I know you for so long and how long you know, the, uh, you, you've been at this game. And so um, you and I both know, man, it's, um, it's a gift every day you wake up and have something to do. So uh, yeah. when, when, when it's, uh, when it's, when it's, when things are going well, you start paddling faster. Well, I, I, we get to see your image when we drive down the 110 freeway on those giant LAFC billboards with, with the oval. What, how, how many seasons now? Is that like four seasons? <sighs> man, I guess it snuck out that we already shot five. So well, we I, have, I, we, yeah, I don't we know. Have, we have like are we breaking I, news here. There's gonna be a lot of happy folks on the <laughs> on, on the uh, no, yeah. So we no, we have. Uh, I think we still we got a ton of episodes already banked. Uh, I know we'll be going back again next year. Uh, it's uh, the show's a blessing. The fans are hilarious. It, the show's just you know crazy and people. It's great escapism and and yeah, like by the way, to be perfectly honest, one of the best shows promotion wise I've ever been on. Those billboards, our art department at, at, at BET. Yeah is second to none. I got friends on big cool guy HBO shows who are pissed every time they drive down the 110 freeway or they're in Times Square and they're just like, ah, another 70-foot billboard. So Dude, I, I work for park. LAFC. There should be an image of me up there and there isn't. Right? See, that's what I'm talking about. Right, well, you know, well, the voice of LAFC, they give you no run. I'm just they do. They, I'm not complaining. I'm all over the place. I'm not complaining. Hey, what would that? Joe Biden had a comment here. What would the? Because you, you're a, you're a different kind of president. You know, you're not to be messed with. Got a few skeletons in your closet. What would uh, this president from the Oval say about the U.S. men's national team effort? Work harder. <laughs> Have a drink. Relax. You know what? Burlter out. No, just kidding. Defend that clinical cross back across to the uh, penalty box, uh, like like the the Dutch just took very, us to pieces. I mean, very specific. You've been watching the. I mean, I know because we've watched games together, and I know we everyone tries to watch as much as they can, and I know it's impossible because I mean, there's been four games a day, but it's it's been great. What about what is it about that World Cup experience that's different? We're big sport fans. I know you are, and I I know I am certainly. But being able to flip these games and seeing the greatest sporting event because the whole world is involved and how special that is. No, it really, it really is. And it's, um, you know, in all honesty, this has been talked about ad nauseum, but it's, uh, you know, the, the one problem with it is this time of year, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm, I, I love soccer. I've been playing since I was six years old. It's one of the first kids to play AYSO in, in, uh, in, in California and uh, growing up in Berkeley, and um, you know, tournament soccer is my favorite favorite. World Cup, Euro, Champions League, and so to have it this time of year has been really, really tough. Um, the good thing is, this is not a paid endorsement, but YouTube TV is fantastic because I can wake up are in you, the morning. Are you watching it in 4K? I, 
you, oh, not only the 4K, but it's the you can catch up with key plays. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, if it's a game that I'm not that passionate about, but I know I know it's in the second half, you can hit this one catch up with key plays, and I can see all the, the near misses or goals and be caught up to the game, and then catch the end of the game if it's not one that I like. Or, you know, it's it's um, you know, you just wake up and you put the game on, and I'm on I'm on a movie right now. I'm shooting nights. And so I guarantee you, I'm probably going to start, uh, you know, uh, France, uh, England, around one in the afternoon. When I, <laughs> when no, I spoilers. no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But that's it. I don't, don't need them. So I've been able to stay up with the games that great. I think the coverage has been really good. I'm really impressed with Fox, how well they've done. Um, a lot of passion behind it. But, uh, you know, it was interesting. I'm going to drop some names here, you know, like Uh-oh. put a hole in the floor. But on that movie, Shadow Force, um, you know, most of my scenes were with Mark Strong, big, huge British. Oh, yeah, who was in uh, Fever Pitch uh, about the Arsenal. Arsenal fans, yeah. Yeah, the Kingsman, yes. So he's a huge Arsenal fan. And when he found out that I didn't really have a, a Premier League team, that I'm more of a La Liga guy, he was like, spent, you know, the better part of two months explaining to me why I needed to be an Arsenal fan. But one thing that intrigued me, and some people say it's a bad thing, but some people say it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, he was terrified of the world cup because he was explaining to me that you know the arsenal isn't doesn't have quite the the assets and the money that in a man you has for example but all those players are going to be exhausted when they get to the world cup they're going to just have finished you know the the fall of of, of their leagues and now they got to go to qatar and 100 you know 175 degree heat and 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 play these brutal tournaments it's not that hard (laughs) yeah he was worried about you know, his team getting tired and his players, which maybe, you know, kind of did come to fruition. Um, and then also the teams that were just below him who don't have players on the national teams and going, who are going to be able to now really uh. come. They're, they're going to be, they're, they're at home training. They're at home sleeping. They're at home doing rehab. They're at home, you know, just being able to take a break. And he's worried about the teams that are nipping on Arsenal's heels to get, um, to be much stronger in the beginning of 2023. And when you see Germany go out, when you see Belgium go out, uh, when you see Spain can't score a goal and can't make a penalty kick, you start kind of going like, when you bench Ronaldo and Ramos comes in and gets a hat trick, you start going, man, these guys are tired. Yeah. Which is why, you know. Yeah, they didn't even think about that, Ronaldo. Everyone's going, oh, he's benching Ronaldo. I go, man, he's playing four games in 11 days. He's 37 years old. I just saying that to myself, and I'm older than that. It gets and, he just, and he just, and he, you know, he's been, he's been getting, warming up for the World Cup, and he's been playing on his club team, you know, nonstop. I mean, these guys are, June, you know, they, they really, it's, it's after the Champion League final. These guys have like a month or two off. They can kind of relax. Some of the teams have been, clipped and knocked out anyway and so um guys are ready for the world cup when it's in june i think a lot of guys germany wasn't ready belgium wasn't ready argentina wasn't ready that first game they they, you know clawed their way back so you know i'm hoping for something different this world cup i'm hoping you know that we that we get some teams we haven't seen there before and with some of the blue bloods gone already it it could happen well we uh, been nice it was the u.s i was hoping for korea here in the family but uh it's interesting what you say about the clubs because i truly believe that the month of January, it's going to look rough for a lot of these clubs. Just let's take Arsenal, for example. Now, Gabriel Jesus is already injured, so I don't know what that means. He's one of their key players. Gabriel Martinelli is with Brazil. He'll probably be there on the final, which is December the 18th. Uh, Granit Xhaka, Swiss just got knocked out, so they'll have him back. But let's say you're an English team, 
and say England gets the final December 18th. The Premier League starts up again December 26th. <laughs> so some guys are squeezing it there. I'm sure when they leave, they're getting a little vacation. But that's eight days. So, uh, you know, La Liga is a little bit later. Bundesliga is later. I think the French League's later. So that helps Messi and Neymar. But you're in the Premier League. This is insane, man. I mean, it's it just really is. It really crazy. is. And I mean, it, it's created, I think, a bit of, you know, chaos, which is great. Um, at, you know, as you say, I mean, you know, Brazil looks amazing and France looks amazing. But I mean, how fun would it be, you know, whether it's Portugal or Morocco that get through, whether, you know, and maybe we get Messi, you know, they've sort of righted the ship and we, you know, get some, you know, Argentina. I think it'd be fun to see England beat France, you know, France. They got a shot, a man. They got a shot. And I think Vegas is, has it close to like, I mean, France is favored, but England is, you're not getting great big underdog odds for them at all. So. No, yeah. no, not at all. So I think, I think there's a lot left in this tournament. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but, and I, and you know, I know you were, you were saying, you know, it was a shame the U S didn't go through and stuff. And, and yes, it was, but, Look what it's set up now. I mean, you know, this is it was U.S. was the youngest team in the World Cup. Uh, they were like I think the youngest starting eleven. There were okay. a couple teams that were technically younger their squads. Well, I mean, you know, so look, those guys have four years. I mean, I could almost see si- SoFi outside of my my window as well. Are, what are you in the Eiffel Tower there? I mean, you got this panoramic view. You're looking out I mean, everywhere. It's great. It's great. But no, but, but you know, I mean, like now having a North American World Cup home, t- I think we can build on these guys. Yeah, it would have been amazing to have, you know, you know, if Christian had one more like remarkable moment or, you know, they beat the Dutch and they're in the quarters. But I think there's a lot to build on, a lot to get excited about. And with this World Cup being kind of a one off uh, logistical dud, for lack of a better word, let's hope. I, <laughs> I feel like 2026 is going to be mayhem. It could be. It really could finally be the uh, the watershed moment for American soccer. That they uh, yeah. There's a lot there. I mean, I always I've been telling people on the show. It's like get excited for it, but you know, without qualifying, we're talking about getting games. It's going to be tricky for the U.S. But with this group, and who knows? I mean, some guys are trying to say players to watch out for and. What's it going to look like in 2026? I go, it's going to be good, but we don't know. And we're always hoping for that American Messi. Maybe it happens. I feel like it's a better start. It's a long time. I mean, there could be a 14-year-old right now who becomes the 18-year-old phenom, or there could be some kid, you know, in college right now who's gone from, you know, you know a recruited walk-on to the NCAA world champ who then just continues. Oh, by the way, we might have seen him play. We might be looking back at a couple of plays you know, on this last World Cup and being like, that, yeah. that was the beginning right there. So we, we, you never know, but it's exciting. And I think it could be a better time between COVID and, um, uh, you know, this this really kind of weird one-off World Cup in, in November. Uh, I'm very excited about 2026. Hey, what, because you got your Cal California Bears top. So you're watching college football. I was watching college football, and it's got a little break now. And you have the NFL, and we knew the World Cup was going to mingle in there. Did it feel like a burden to try and watch – because I'm, I'm with you, watching the football and watching the World Cup. I'm not going to, especially just like Saturday, Championship Saturday. There were all those games on. And, you know, you and I are huge college football fans. Yeah, yeah I got my nose. And I was actually, I was in, I was working up in San Jose in a, in a hotel room. And I had the soccer game. I think I started with the soccer on my phone and the, the football on the, or no, started with the fo- soccer on, on the TV. And the um and, and the uh, 
championship games on my phone. But I mean, that TCU game was bananas. That uh, that uh, or the SC game the night before. I mean, yeah, it's kind of exhausting. That's like, it's an embarrassment of riches. This is I'm exhausted, but it's I good. I don't need World Cup right now. We have college football. <laughs> pro football is insane. I just listened to the most hilarious rant by Petros and Money about uh, Baker Mayfield got here yesterday and he's going to start for the Rams on Thursday. I mean, there's so much mayhem going on in, in, in sports right now. I mean, if you're an NBA guy, you know, watching the demise of the Lakers, I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on. You know, right now is uh, NBA, MLB training, but all of the Dodgers are left and are being traded elsewhere. I mean, there's so much sport going yeah. on. We don't need the world cup right now, but yeah. it, to me, it takes pole position. So then you just find your, your, yourself kind of distracted. I would I would say this is probably the experimentation. We don't do this again because I mean, but I'm I, I wouldn't put it past FIFA to try it. It's up to the leagues to say, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not going through this. But maybe there, that's a, a a you know a breakwater moment where everyone's like, nope, you know, a, a line in the sand. I should say. We'll see. Yeah, no, I I mean I I don't know what the how the war works between FIFA and UEFA, but they've got to they got to this can't happen again. I mean, it just yeah. can't happen. Because, wait, I mean. Who knows what's going to happen when all the leagues go back in January? These guys are beaten. They're sore. It's going to be awful. The exhaustion. And and Ed, uh, I'll tell you this. Players are going to take some – they'll be playing, but they're technically taking time off. They're going to be resting their bodies in different ways. Absolutely. They're going to take games off, you know, like we see in the NBA (laughs) all the time. Like, load management. There's going to be some load management in La Liga. And, of course, baseball. No one – people always talk about baseball. Baseball in 160 games. It's 160 games, so they can take – 50 games off a year. That's how it works. So, yeah, and not worry about it. Till, I mean, God knows who makes the, the Champions League this year. I mean, yeah, it's going to be, that's true. well, like, like Mark Strong said, it could be everything's compromised. Could, yeah. I mean, you know, like VBF Stuttgart could end up winning the Champions League. I wouldn't go that far. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Uh, I, hey, had, it's, I had a Stuttgart shirt growing up. I, hey, I, bef- I, before we go, uh, what is there a moment that stood out that really you appreciated from this World Cup, whatever it was that, uh, um, you will recall this world cup for better as I go. That, that was, that was different. That was special. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the, the who's the striker from Morocco who, who made the uh, winning penalty kick. Oh, the right back Hakimi. Hakimi. Was, I, mean, that, yeah. I mean, that was, that is a pretty incredible story. Um, Isn't that, I mean, the mom was a, a maid. The dad was a, a street. No, it wasn't a street cleaner. It was like a, a yeah. street merchant. And Spain, like, and Spain's my team. Like, and I, they wanted I, him. I, I grew up. You know, I, I lived in Spain for two or three years. I, I went to. I saw Spain on the you know all the way to the Champions League in like ninety one or two or something like that. Um, it, it was. Uh, I love everything Spain. I love Barcelona. Um, and you know, and the, you know, see that kid. And he's you know, he played for his home country. I didn't didn't want to play for Spain. And that, to make that shot, that's just one of those great stories that you only get in sport. Great um, shot. You know, I, I think, you know, this is Messi's last run. This is Ronaldo's last run. Uh, you know, I would, I love seeing goats succeed in the end. So I, I would, you know, I mean, right. uh, I, it'd be amazing to see the two of them make it through. Brazil looks strong though, but I, you know, who knows? There's, there could, there could still be some moments, but probably for me, that was a pretty I think you, you said it earlier. It's like a good balance. You had all these surprises, which maintain it, but you don't want, as much as I'd love to see surprises, you don't want them all the way through the tournament because at the end you want to see those great matchups and we have a great, we have a great opportunity. 100% true, Mac. Ed Quinn, check him out on the Oval on BET and Shadow Force coming out. Well, and the and the album's going to be out. The the music video. Yeah, well, 
You can go, go everywhere you get music, Spotify, iTunes. There's a couple of videos. I shot some fun small videos on, um, oh, they're all on YouTube and Vivo and all that kind of stuff. And we got a new one coming out, the new big one. Did a couple small videos. I've got a massive one coming out in, uh, uh, it'll be February 14th, Valentine's Day, Lights Out Love. So, um, but yeah, all, you know, it really helps artists. Swamp Metal All-Stars, the name of that. Ed Quinn and the Swamp Metal All-Stars. Swamp Metal All-Stars. Swamp Metal All-Stars. It, it really helps. And, um, you know, that's it's a labor of love for me anyway. My day yeah. job's the Oval. You know, I, I run, I've been running around doing a bunch of movies. It was much fun. And, um, and the music's just something I love doing. Yeah. So Some of us have our job and our free time. We like to sleep. Ed Quinn likes to make music videos. Uh, we're, yeah. not all, we're not all creative equal, my friend. In Castaic, it was 29 <laughs> degrees last night. I'm laying, laying in the dirt doing stunts, just going like... <laughs> you here. lost me. You lost me at Castaic, man. You don't want to go out there. It's got to be freezing. Freezing! Ed, Ed, Ed Quinn, uh, enjoy the rest of the games, buddy. Uh, they, too, we buddy. have some good, good ones you. here. Good to see yeah. you, too. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Check us out here every day during the World Cup. We'll be back tomorrow. we got games over the weekend. A lot to look forward to. We'll see you. Back